0: Hey, I'm Spencer Ehrenfeld, and welcome to the Trust Me, I'm a Lawyer podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host and our executive producer, Nori Ehrenfeld. Hey, Nori.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. Big plans for the weekend?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to Farrow Beach.
0: Well, while you're up there, make sure you say hi to the president of the Florida Bar, yeah, I will. <laughs> who was our guest on our last podcast. Uh, he's a tough act to follow, but I think we have probably one of the few lawyers who could actually follow the president of the bar. Erica Ramos is our guest today. Erica, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. So Erica, you bring to the podcast a unique perspective because you're a baby lawyer. This is your first year of practice.
2: Yes, it is.
0: How has it been for you as a first year baby lawyer trying to you know, get out there during this horrific pandemic?
2: Well, um, I was fortunate enough to get employment prior to the pandemic. So, I've been with my employer for seven months, um, but it's been very challenging because I've had to be able to transition from being in work at the office to doing all my Zoom hearings on my computer. So, it's been very interesting. I'm very lucky that I understand technology.
0: Yes, you are very lucky. You know, it's such a crucial time in the development of a young lawyer that first year of practice the camaraderie with other lawyers, and the mentoring that you need from an experienced lawyer. How have you been getting that in a virtual way?
2: Well, my office does do um, lots of different types of meetings. Uh, We do team meetings. We're actually going to have a meeting today at 12 to go over case law and stuff. So we're still very active with each other and making sure that um, we're up to date on the law, and that we know what's going on with our cases. So we've still been very proactive.
0: Yeah, you, know, you know, Nora, Erica is a dependency lawyer. Do you know what a dependency do. lawyer does? Well, why don't you find out? What is it?
2: <laughs> so I do dependency law, like you said, but I represent the parents. So um, I'm a defense attorney. And I try to ensure that the parents' rights are intact, that um, their constitutional rights, their due process is protected. Um, It's also a bit of social work at the same time. Because I have to make sure that um, they do their tasks, they know what's going on, they keep up to date. There's a lot of different parties that are involved. We have the guardian ad litem program that's involved, the judges, of course. Sometimes we have an attorney ad litem plus us for one parent, and then another parent. You know, they have their own attorney, so sometimes the courtroom is filled with like 10, 15 different types of lawyers.
1: Wow. Why? Why dependency law? Wow.
2: Um, so, actually, funny story. So, with dependency, that's not something they really like teach in law school. like they go over it, you know, but it's not very in depth. and um, in the Florida Bar, it was on the Florida Bar for like a couple of years, and um it wasn't like the area of practice that I was like, oh my God.' you know, that's what I want to do. But it is the area of practice that I feel like a lot of law students and lawyers should really look into, because it's the area where there's the most um, issues. Constitutionally, there's a lot of issues with um, things not going the way that it should, you know. And um, parents and children in general, they need a lot of help. I mean, that's the foundation of society, you know, whether it be a non-moderate, a non-modern family or a modern type of family, whatever society deems as that. So in a sense, it's the area that has the most need. We build people, you know, we get them before they, if they have a criminal record later on in life, we get them way before that, you know, and sometimes they end up having a criminal case at the same time. So sometimes we have to do a criminal law. Um, So I think there's a real need for this area. Um, I think there's a lot of disparity. Um, There's a lot of issues with those who cannot get proper representation. Um, There's, yes, there's case law, but there's case law changing all the time. Things are happening all the time, you know?
0: Erica, give us an example, you know, a a factual scenario of a typical case that you see.
2: Okay, so um, I've been fortunate to have uh, clients that are very responsive, you know, um unfortunately some of my colleagues have not um but with like my clients like i've had clients before who were trying to do the right thing
0: but give us what we're talking about
2: yes so basically um one client tried to um call the cops right she had a teenage daughter and the teenage daughter was one that was already adopted out to her sister And um, that teenage daughter kept coming back to the home. She kept coming back to the home um, under the influence of different substances. And the mother already had a three-year-old child in the house. So um, she called the cops. And after everything happened, basically they took the three-year-old too, even though it had nothing to do with the three-year-old, it only had to do with the child that was already adopted out. That was not her legal daughter. So, we, I have to say that that case did end happy. We were able to get reunification really fast. Um, I worked really hard on doing mediation and um, trying to figure things out because the family did need help in circumstances regarding, like, like therapy, right, because the mom, she was a recovering addict herself. So she still recognized that, you know, therapy and counseling and all of those areas are still pertinent to her family needs, you know. So she's still engaged in these services. But people like this, like, sometimes what happens is, is that when CPI, which is um, the case protective investigators come out, sometimes they don't know how to distinguish between one problem between another problem. Okay, so it's very hard and it's a hard job for them because they're coming in, they're getting allegations that something's going on, someone complains. And so their best reaction was take both children, you know, and I can understand that as well because you don't know what's really going on in that home. You know, are the majority of your clients private? Are you court appointed? How is
0: it that people in these crises can retain you?
2: Um, I am court appointed. It works like a public defender, but in dependency law is considered civil, even though I consider it to be like if criminal and civil had a baby, Mm -hmm. because we do have aspects of criminal law where we have arraignments and our clients have three options to deny allegations, to consent to the allegations or to, um, you know, agree to them, which of course, I, I think if you have the right and you have the ability to fight it, you should Deny and do what's best for your family, you know, uh, you primarily out of Broward County. Or are you in Miami? Where are you at? I'm in Broward County. My office does have um, several offices because we are a state agency. So we have offices in Miami, we have offices in um, Palm Beach, and then there's offices like in Tallahassee and Tampa. We're all over the place, but they're under the direction of different directors. That's the only difference.
0: And so during the pandemic, apparently, you know, the courts are still going and you're still actively representing people. How have you actually been doing it during the pandemic?
2: It's been very difficult because um, my area of law is very sensitive. You know, you have to have a heart to be doing this, you know, and to feel for people. And what basically happens is sometimes parents are crying. I can't pat their shoulder or rub their shoulder or give them a tissue through the computer. So it's very hard to show that you're empathetic, you know, and that you feel for them and that you're going to fight for them. You know, all they can see is whatever legal jargon is going on and people are objecting and things are going back and forth. So it's been very difficult because you have to be able to make um, a personal connection with them. I mean, you learn about them through their medical history, through Um, therapy notes and the little bit of time that you get to speak with them but how do you convey to them that I'm here for you too as a person like I understand what you're going through or even if I don't understand I just want you to know that you know it's going to be okay we're going to figure it out it's very hard to translate.
0: Are these things these uh, proceedings being held in circuit court or is there a special court that deals with dependency issues?
2: Um, Well, we have a separate section, separate division. We have our own chief judge and everything. Um, A lot of people automatically will think that it's family law, but it's not. It's like a, a subsect. Or specialty within there, you know? So um, I do report to a specific division. Like my office, we have like five or six different divisions. So their divisions have like a judge, either one GM, which is a general magistrate, or two. So um, we are our own section.
0: Wow, it's a fascinating niche within a niche. You don't Mm -hmm. really, I've never met in 30 years of being a lawyer, a lawyer who does the kind of work that Erica does. Mm Do you have
1: any questions for her? Um I do because I've considered law, of course, to be i I should hope so, a potential <laughs> help um, but having gone through law school and now being a lawyer, were your expectations, you know versus reality? how how was that in terms of like the build up to finally, you're a lawyer now, you can like decide and you know analyze whether or not it was how you thought it would be.
2: Um, I have to say that's great. I think you should totally go for law school. There's a lot of attorneys that will say, no, don't do it. I'm miserable. But I feel like if you do, if you get into law for the right reasons for helping people and for actually trying to uphold the law, then I think that you're going to be fine, you know? And, um, I think that, uh, my expectations were like a little bit different, you know. We all watch Law and Order and all these other items and stuff. And um, I'm a big fan of Law and Order, the 90s, okay, that version, because I don't care what anyone says, they actually quote legal jargon and they explain the law, okay, not the 2000s. Okay. okay. You know, yeah, not the 2000s. So. <laughs> okay. But um, I have to say, they don't tell you the reality of juggling stuff, you know. Um, I do apologize for my dog in the background. My hey. dog just wants to talk. I think he thinks he's being interviewed. But oh, I don't know. Our next guest, right? He is Robbie. Wait, your turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so you know, um, it, it's a lot more difficult, I think, with the aspect of clients because you need to be personable. Okay, there's a lot of attorneys that they're, yeah, they're great writers, um, they're great advocates in court, but if you can't connect with your client properly, you're not going to be the best advocate that you can really be, because it's all about, um, you know, service. We're serving others, we're serving our community as an advocate in court, you know, or even if you do transactional work. So my expectation was a little bit different because like for me, being that it's like a PD, like I knew I would get a bunch of cases, but I didn't know like what kind of people I was going to be dealing with. You know, sometimes I've gotten yelled at and I'm like, Whoa, you know, and, um,
0: lawyers or judges or who's yelling by
2: everybody, by everybody. It's a hot seat. (laughs) It is a hot seat. Okay. And sometimes you get nervous, your heart feels like it's going down where it shouldn't be going, you know, (laughs) but um i think the most important thing to remember is to tell yourself keep going you've got this it's okay as long as you prepare yourself for your cases um i did learn from law school that adequate preparation is necessary and i have to say it is it is um i'm not gonna say i love reading cases every day 24 7 but i have to say there's a lot of interesting case law out there and um It's necessary. It's very necessary. So even if you are someone who doesn't like to read, you can still be a lawyer, you know, because as long as you have the best intentions and you're trying to advocate for your client properly within the limits of the law, of course, you know. Um, But then again, sometimes things change and you have appeals and what the law said was something, it turns out they were wrong, you know? So sometimes you can make history, which is pretty exciting. And in my area of law, my office is constantly making case law, constantly. We have appeals all the time and we end up being able to, clients have termination of their rights, you know, their rights have been terminated and then all of a sudden they're back together again. You know, like obviously it's not like really fast, but um, it's just amazing how this area of law works. It's really um, very different than what I thought. Like I thought I was going to be dealing with more criminals or something, you know, but that's not the key.
0: Fascinating.
2: Yeah. Ayory,
0: so. Maybe you can be Erica's intern one day. I hope so. She followed me around for a day or two, uh, a couple of years ago and afterwards she was like, that's like, it, I'm not doing this kind of work. <laughs> But Erica, it's fantastic to see you. Thank you so much for the service that you're providing the community. Uh, I'm very, very proud of you. And uh, stay thank safe you. and stay well. And thank you for joining us here today uh, and all of your good advice. To to say. What's that? I think we're. I have
2: one thing to say, because yep. you had the Florida Bar President, right? Yes, we I did. think there should be. Oh, you got me? Yeah. What? Okay. It's like a phone. Like, okay. I just have one thing to say that I know you had the Florida bar president right? So I think there should be um, people advocating to put it back on the bar because then what's going to happen is we're going to run out of lawyers in this area of law. You know, When you say the bar, do you mean the bar exam? The bar exam? I'm sorry. Yes. The bar exam. It was taken off the bar exam. And as much as I did not enjoy studying for it, It's so necessary. It's so necessary. And it's like criminal law, how there's a need for public defenders. There is a need for people in my area.
0: Well, that's great advice. Well, when we post his podcast, which should be sometime next week, make sure you put those comments on there. He's a very nice guy, very responsive. Um, He's a wonderful guy. And his successor, who's the president-elect, is going to be a a guest on our podcast coming up soon. And uh, we'll make sure that we share your thoughts with her as well.
2: Oh yeah, definitely, please. That would our, be great.
0: The great Erica Ramos, our guest today. Thank you so much for joining us. Noria. if people are interested in thank being you. on the, thank you. Trust Me, I'm a Lawyer podcast. What's the best way to do it?
1: Um, you could just email us uh, at our email, trustmeomalawyerpodcast.com.
0: Fantastic. And if they want to you know, sponsor a podcast, what's the best I way? I would say
1: you could communicate to us through the same email uh, or like, DM us through Instagram. At Trust me, Mallory podcast, and I'll respond and see. Wonderful,
0: great guest today for sure. Erica Ramos, thank you again so much. Be safe and have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, thank you,
2: good to thank see you. You too, thanks guys.
0: Good to see okay. You.
1: okay, bye.